0: Hi, this is Nathan East hanging with the teddy bear on LOTL radio. You're too good to me. Fill me up with my plastic senses.
1: concerned. I, I grew up uh, like most um, African-Americans. I grew up with music always around me from right. the time that I can remember um, in terms of uh, my, my, my stint with Natural 4. That was uh, another blessing that happened in late uh, 68, 67, 68 is when the Natural 4 actually started. And um, I also want to let people know that there was a, a first CD before the condensed video CD called Natural Four Good Vibes, which had a hit on it called Why Should We Stop Now? Uh, most people don't even realize that this <coughs> product was out there, but it was. We were on ABC Records at the time. But uh, music has been an integral part of my life since as far back as I can remember.
2: One of the things that I've noticed over the years, because I know when you started, there were a lot as far as you had small labels and those small labels to grow into larger labels. And I know during that time, artist development was important. It was imperative. Uh, You had songwriters that would actually write for the group. Um, You had an opportunity over the years to kind of sit back and see how the industry has changed. And I wanted you to get I wanted to get your feelings as far as I guess the do you feel the industry puts a premium on artists the way they used to or basically it's not the same way anymore. It's just about putting the next I guess the next best the next best thing out there and basically to profit off the artist, not really caring about the kind of product that they're putting out there to distribute to the listener.
1: You just said it all. I mean, it's changed dramatically over the years <coughs> where you're right. The, the, the emphasis back when I was coming up was on the artist and the development of the artist, the people that we work with, when we work with Curtis and Leroy Hudson and Simon and gentlemen like this back in the day. The, the the emphasis was on the music itself as opposed to the day where, as you said, whatever whatever's going to be, the, the the taste of the day there's no right. I don't see them spending the time with the artist developing, showing them how to, to, to sing, I see that they take a lot of time and use auto-tune to get the artist if they're not in tune, this we didn't do back then it was actually either you could sing or you couldn't sing
2: Right <laughs> I, I've told my son that a half a billion times, it's, it's amazing to me, um um, I see now, and I've had an opportunity to read actually a lot of the book. And your journey has been incredible, and uh, I mean, really incredible. Um, I can I can I can only speak from my my perspective growing up in South Central L.A. because I know music was a major influence on us, on me. Uh, as far as saving our lives, because during that time, you know, the gang violence, racism, segregation, because I was born in 65. So to me, the 70s was, was, the to me, that was the best as far as music was concerned. And it put an emphasis on bringing people together. And I wanted you, if you could, kind of express your journey, what, what you learned from your journey and you were able to incorporate it in your new memoir.
1: Well, In terms of my own personal journey, um, as you have read in my book, it was not all uh, just about it. For me, it was always the the music that really saved me when I had to clean uh, the yard or take care of uh, animals that we had in California, take care of the chickens and and do the gardening. But music still played a, for some reason, played a really major part for me to be able to get through a lot of things As you read in my book, uh, it's not just about the natural force, about what happened to me, how I was brought up, the things that I learned. And I'm hoping that a lot of people will get the book and understand that it wasn't music truly saved my life. Those are the things I was going through within my own household, within my own upbringing. Um, As I said, as you read, you see the things that I went through. Um, I can't describe them all, but I, wish, I hope that people pick up the book and understand that if it had not been for my ability to be able to at least sing and enjoy and understand that, and, and as a child, I didn't know why I felt this way about music, but it was one thing that kept me focused on, and all the way through my childhood to adulthood. It was a thing that kept me going, and it, it has been a blessing for me.
2: Do you think during that period of time in your life, do you think music was also a form of, of escapism, where you it was, it was your world, something that you could, whatever you were going through or whatever you were experiencing during that time, it was being used as a form of escapism?
1: Absolutely. For me, it was. I mean, uh, as I said, as you read the book, you see some of the things that I went through. If it had not been right. for music being there, I don't know what type of an individual I would have been as an adult, so I, I, feel, I feel blessed, and uh, um, I'll use the word lucky, but mainly I feel blessed that I was able to, something made me gravitate toward music, and it wasn't always R&B because in the 40s, in the 50s, uh, the, 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 it, was, it was music across the board Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sam Davis Jr., Nat King Cole, Little Fitzgerald. So I had a totally broad spectrum of music. We used to listen to classical music at home, plus the fact that my mother sang, and our, our daily prescribed was to get up in the morning, do your prayers, and you sing. So it was just an automatic thing for me to carry this on into adulthood.
2: Absolutely. Um... Another thing that I've noticed over the years where we kind of touched upon a little bit as far as artist development, um, where you had a large majority of the groups where they had songwriters that actually written all the songs for the groups. Um, Do you think over time, as far as you start to grow into an artist, that you want to have a lot more creative control as far as the type of product you put out? Because I know... You, you have your own vision of what you would like to write as far as music. It's, it's one thing to start out and have other people writing for you. But then as in anything, mature, being mature and grow, that you have your own vision of what you would like to write. Do you think it's better? It, 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 do you think it has come much more easier for you now than it was back then when you first started out in the industry?
1: In terms of being able to <clears throat> get songs written and to write songs, yes, because of the technology, I really believe that uh, it's a, it's simpler to write songs. The only the only downside to that is that the the content of the songs, to me nowadays, is is very watered down. That they're, they're missing the things that somebody like Curtis Mayfield or uh, Isaac Hayes or Barry White would sit and work with uh, you or people like that. That will sit down and say, okay, this song fits you, this song fits you. The biggest problem, Natural Four had, we, in in my whole career, from 68 until 75, 76, we may have written only two or three songs, but there were so many other things going on during that time. we didn't get a chance to. The thing that I like about young people is that they do sit down with the new tech line, technology, and they can write a song. The substance of the song sometimes to me is not what it should be, but that's the thing that I feel is missing, the fact that there's not somebody there saying, okay, look, Bob, you sing these parts, and you sound good on this song. Someone there to guide them. Everybody thinks they're producing. Everybody thinks they're producing our days and they're not really looking at uh, how songs were written when the Temps were doing it, when the OJs were doing it. They had good writers. So there, there's, a, there's an upside and a downside. The upside is the technology, the downside is everybody thinks that they're great writers and they're not. It's just now, like you said earlier, give them a, give, put this out there because it sounds good and everybody's gonna buy it and we go to the next. There's a loss of concern, a loss of caring in the music, I feel.
2: Without question, I mean, we've seen it dramatically change. I, I uh, had I've had numerous conversations with many colleagues about how the industry has changed so dramatically from one minute from every corner that you lived in in the neighborhood, you had a record store. Those are gone. No more Tower Records, Sam Goody, Warehouse, Musicland. They're all gone. And now the infrastructure here, and as far as music here here in the states, everything. Hey, let's just go to the internet and let's download. And with anything in life, there's good and bad. And to me, it's it's great to have the ability, I feel, as far as being an independent artist, where you can reach so many people to distribute your music across across the country. But also, I remember the feeling, how the feeling that I got, a personal feeling that I got, when I had an opportunity to interact with an artist, when they would have a meet and greet at the record store, Um, where they would go to the different uh, radio stations and you would have the... The the, the DJ would play the entire album. I mean, the entire album. And now we don't have that kind of feeling anymore. Not here in the States, but abroad outside the United States. They do that. They still do that. They still respect the artist. For you being an independent artist, can you... Explain to the listeners out there as far as the challenging aspect, as far as being able to put out your own product, and also now with the social media has become more easier, more accessible for people to get to your music and also promote if you have concerts.
1: Well, I, I I've spent a lot of time in Argentina and that's one country I know for sure that appreciates the, the ability to be able to touch the artist, see the artist, spend time with the artist. They, they, they promote in a totally different way than we do here. There's uh, The ability to be able to sit down and go to a club in, in Buenos Aires and uh, meet the people. They want to meet you here. It's, it's like everything, for a better term, everything is microwaved. Right. You get in, you get out. There's no, I feel that there's no, um, there's no camaraderie, that there's no touchy-feely. That I miss a lot. That I think is, is something that should, in some way should come back because it is it is a lost art. And to be an old older artist that still performs, I have to have that ability to be able to sit down. And like you said, there's no record places, no record shops to go to, no tower records, none of these things. But yes, the Internet is fantastic. Um, but it's best to... Have live shows, and you know, do your do your meet and greet at the live shows, which is what I do whenever we perform. And when I say perform, I'm talking about with myself and uh, my wife who is a kid hooker. I play bass for her, anything. But when we put out product, at least we we, we take the time to sign the CDs, uh, to to meet the people, so so they have a, a different feel for us. It's like just, just singing on a record, and you go and you spend your money, or you download it. It's just, it's just. There's nothing there. There's no, there's no life to that, to me.
2: Well, I, I agree. I've always used the analogy as like, I remember when um, you were going to the kitchen. I know my mother would go into a kitchen, and she would prepare meals, and she would it would be with tender loving care. She would put things in the oven from scratch. It would take longer but it meant something. And as you said earlier about as far as living in a microwavable society, let's just throw up on the wall and they're going to accept it regardless. Um, I want to talk about, as you said, as far as music saved your life. And I know you've had an opportunity to sit down with a lot of young artists and have, I mean, conversations about separating music and business because at the end of the day, it is business when you're dealing with the music industry. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to, at the end of the day, what did you learn from your experience as far as when did you become aware that this is a business, not just music, but it is a business?
1: To be really honest with you, when it came came to that, um, I didn't, when The Natural Force started, from the time it started until the end of our, our, our tenure, it was not a business for us. And that was the biggest mistake that I made as an artist because I just wanted, you know, I wanted to sing, I wanted to make it happen, it was about the girls, it was about the drugs, it was all about the wrong things at that time, and that's the truth. We didn't sit down and plan. There was no plan. We had no plan, uh, what are we gonna do in six months? You know, We didn't think about, nobody told us, uh, even Curtis, and Curtain Records, they didn't sit down and say, hey guys, what you should do is sit down with Leroy Hudson, Laurel Simon, you guys write this stuff together. They didn't, they didn't do those things. They should have, now with other record companies and with other, with other, with other uh, record labels. These things obviously happened, like Smokey Robinson he wrote a lot of his own songs, and "Gamble and Huff, cats like that, took time with their artists, and the artists wrote with the, the, the producers. These are things that Natural 4 did not do. We were on a collision course to do exactly what happened, starting in 68, end in 76, without really – I've never seen one dime in royalties from anything that I've ever recorded in all these years. So that says it's it all. Incredible.
2: Absolutely. Um, okay. I've had the pleasure, the esteemed pleasure, to speak to so many great artists like yourself. And from that era of music and every last one that I spoke with, they said, you know what? It was almost like a pimp mentality. Yeah, keep, absolutely. Keep the, keep the artists in the dark. We're going to clothe them. We're going to put them out there to perform. We're going to teach them how to walk, how to talk, how to conduct themselves. But to keep them, keep them in the dark as far as on the business aspect of the industry, as far as the royalties that the artist should be rightfully giddy. And, in today, and and I think a lot of young artists have gotten caught up in that and they don't understand that by it being a business, the record label is no more than a bank. The bank is going to fund you out money for as far as your clothes, for your production, for your studio time, and they're looking to recoup that money back after that product is out. For you, being an independent artist now, what does it meant to you to have now that kind of level of freedom where you have complete creative control over your music?
1: It makes a different. And you, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, as I said, I'll go back to on, And it wasn't necessarily Curtis Masonfield himself because he was doing well, but it was the people that were around him. And we were in, living in California and traveling to Chicago, so it was very easy for them to say, okay, you know, They get here, we put them in the studio, they record, we go and get them uh, all the alcohol they want, get them great food, bring them to the studio, along with the rest of the the madness that was going on back in the 70s. And then, you know, put them on a plane, send them back to California, and let them root for themselves. This is pretty much what happened with us. And then when you have turmoil within the group itself, it doesn't make it any better. But the bottom line is, they didn't give us the opportunity to sit us down and say, hey look, you guys, we're recording you. Are uh, you going to write something They said none of the people at them and/or ABC did this? We were from the time that I started personally, my, the, the Natural Four started till the end of Natural Four. There was never a time when somebody s- sat down with us and said, "Hey, you guys need to start looking at the business aspect." It was always, "Oh, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it for you." And they did. They took care of it. They took the money. They kept the, Kept all the money. As I said in all the years that I've ever recorded, I've never seen one penny
3: of royalties.
1: I mean, we got, at the most, $900 for, uh, from action, and they, it was a hassle then. They balked at us for doing that. So it was a, it was a very um, different type of experience. That, uh, that I'm glad I went through. And when I do talk to a young artist, I tell them, the first thing you better think about is this business of music because it is, as you said, a business.
2: You know, um, I've always said, and I find this kind of ironic and somewhat funny, I've always used the analogy where I said, if anyone out there, if you've ever seen or a, a movie called The Five Heartbeats and they had a character mm-hmm. in the movie called Big Red, I said, that mm-hmm. character... That character truly existed (laughs) in in the industry. I mean, it's just a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people don't really truly understand as far as what, what takes place behind the scenes when you're dealing with artists and you're dealing with management and you have people with that kind of big red mentality. Let's keep them in the dark. You just get out there and you perform. We're going to give you all the alcohol you want. We're going to give you all the drugs you want. We're going to provide you with all the women that you want because you want, be a, you want to be a star. So we're going to give you all these things to keep you lost and confused, but at the same time, all of all your hard work, we're pocketing the money. We're, we're pocketing oh, yeah. the money. Absolutely. It, it's, it's, Absolutely. It, it's incredible. Reading the book, it comes across as almost a... it's more than a labor of love. Uh, I look at it as something as being a, a total release for you because a lot of times we don't have an opportunity to really express what we feel and I wanted to ask you and I know a lot of listeners out there and a lot of people who love you and love your music, can you give them an idea as far as what kind of release or how did it make you feel as far as not just writing the book but the completion of the book?
1: Well, I started to write this because as you read in the book, you see in my personal life the things that went on. And I started writing this, the book to, uh, to purge myself. I went to, a, I went to a psychiatrist in San Francisco because I was really depressed. I didn't know what to do. Things were going really crazy. And as I said, when you read the book, then you understand the things that were going crazy. And he told me to write it down. This has been over 20 years ago that I started writing this book, so it's not something that I sat down and penned in six months. We're talking about, I started this in the 90s, the early 90s, 91 and 92, you know, which is even longer than 20, but um, I just felt that I needed to, it wasn't me actually writing the book, it was my, my friends, my close friends, uh, my partner, Zakia, my wife, they said, look, you need to put this into a book, so I, my, my, my plan was not to have a book, but just have something for me to read, and it helped. It really, really helped. And it also helped for me to put it out because there has to be other people that have gone through some, through some of the same changes that I've gone through, and they have to have something to, to grasp onto. What I had to grasp onto throughout the whole situation was music, entertainment, but specifically music.
2: With all the red tape that you have to deal with as an up and coming artist, and you say, you know, I just want to be left alone to do something that I truly love, and that's music, and being able to present that music to the listeners. Um, like you said, the bout of depression, depression, and I think, and you know, what to me the caveat that I get from that is that, and I, and I want to say this, I know it's kind of taboo a little bit, that I think a lot of us, as we, as Blacks, African-Americans, whatever title they want to give us, we go through a lot. We experience a lot. And in the black community, if you mention anything about going to see a therapist or a shrink, it's like, ooh, it's taboo. And
1: yeah, really. <laughs>
2: it's taboo. And it's like, wait a minute. I need someone that I can sit down and converse with that's just going to listen to me, not going to judge me, not tell me that I need to feel a certain way, I just need an outlet, and as you just said, the book was an outlet for you to put all your personal experience, things that you have gone through, which is a lot growing up, that you've experienced. And and to me, I look at it as a self-help book. If anyone, family, if you have not had an opportunity to get the book, please get the book. You can purchase it at Amazon, but I prefer you to go to Chris's personal website, his official website, and we'll give you all the information because you have an opportunity not only to purchase the book, but you can get the book autographed, which is a beautiful thing. And speaking of a beautiful thing, we have some new music. Lord have mercy. <laughs> we have some new music from Mr. Chris James. From you now, like I said, it's incredible now where we're at now musically because you had to spend a lot of money to get studio time. And now here we are. You, have, you can buy so much software. You can have, create a little small studio in your own home, and record Absolutely. anytime, anytime you please with Fruity Loops and all these other things that that are at your, that, that, at your <laughs> that are at your your disposal. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Have you gotten comfortable with social media now, where you don't like before, where you had to travel from city to city to promote? Now it's like, hey, I can sit up and promote anything I want to do to social media. Do social media. How long did it? How long did it take for you to get comfortable with doing that?
1: Well, for me, to be honest with you, uh, I started working on PCs in 1974. Okay. I went to school for it, so I've been I've been very uh, uh, I've been very computer literate for a long time, and then I picked up the software, which I use a, a program. That it's called Digital Performer, which is the same thing. It's like a Pro Tools. They all do the same thing. It just depends on the plugins. But the bottom line is, that was the, that for me. That was a major outlet for me to be able to be an engineer. Um, and I started doing my own self stuff, and then doing people that came in, like you know, young kids that needed uh, help. I took time to read. That was the first first real serious book other than the Bible that I actually sat down and read. Not necessarily from cover to cover because it's a lot of technical things, but yes, having the ability to be able to record myself as well as others has been a, has been a good thing. And I gotta say this: I don't think that I would feel as good about life in general if I had not written this book. I know there's a lot of personal things in there, a lot of things that happened to me that were very uh, unnecessary. But I am really, I say to anybody's out there, you know, find something whether it's writing a book or, or writing bots or, or uh, uh, anything that's going to give you, especially if you have some some uh, some really serious personal problems, find something as an outlet. Music for me was an outlet, and I believe that it, it's, a, it's an outlet for other people. They need to find something, but writing this book did wonders for me as a person, as an adult.
2: You know, it's interesting that you say that because I believe that, Especially during that time of music, where we had a lot of so many wonderful and gifted artists, and a lot of them didn't make it to to be here today. I believe, if, I believe if they had, I believe if they had that kind of outlet, a lot of them would still be here today. As you said before, during that time, you know, the old added sex, drugs, and, and rock and roll, and, and and keep and keep you in the dark. We lost a lot of great artists. Yes, we did. Uh, dealing yes, we did. with it. dealing in, 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 the, in the part that really got to me, like you said, when you talk about depression, because you've had a lot of artists that were dealing with depression, and Absolutely. there were no medication for it. Um, you know what? My medication let me go to the store and get some alcohol. Let me drown my sorrows. Hello. <laughs> and, and, and alcohol and drugs and women. And then after that's done, I still have that still emptiness feeling. Exactly. Uh, the late, exactly. Uh, that, the late, great Phyllis Hyman. She was bipolar. Oh, my goodness. They didn't even know what bipolar was during that particular time. But, you know, you, you're dealing with so many different situations when you're dealing with mental health. It's, 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 really, it's really, really challenging. It's really challenging. But to all the listeners out here, make sure to get your pen, pencil, crayon, Lipstick, do whatever you have to do. Take down this pertinent information. Be sure to stop by the official website. That's at chrisjamesnatural4.com. You can purchase the book from there. Also, you can purchase a CD. Yeah, unplugged, tenderly. You can buy it at $16, which will be an autographed copy, or you can buy it at the regular price at 12 Same thing also for the book. And the teddy bear has his hot little hands on two new singles from Chris James. One, Nature Boy, which I love. Can you tell the listeners out there about that particular song?
1: Um, I started to sing jazz as a young person. I started to sing jazz as a young person and because my mother was into jazz. And so I've always wanted to sing these songs, but I first physically sang jazz when I started going to Argentina and I worked with a guy by the name of Manuel Fraga. and I you know I learned all, learned all these old jazz songs went back to came back to, to California and recorded it in uh, California with three really great artists but it was uh, something that I had always wanted to do and I and it was done all live in one one take no frills or trills just me singing jazz, which is something
2: that I, I hope you like. That. <laughs> oh, man. I, hey, I've had an opportunity. I got my hands on it. My program director got her hands on it actually yesterday, and I said, well, let me take a listen. I said, wow, is a complete departure, but you know what? Change is good, especially as long as you're doing something that you love to do. It resonates Amen. because true listeners, true listeners who, who are true lovers of music, They can't do anything but respect that. And uh, that's what we're here to do. I've seen the need, and the teddy bear is here to fulfill your needs. So open your ears, listeners. We got into some new Chris James with, of course, Nature Boy here in the zone of LOT Radio. Lord have mercy.
0: Dirt. my way, and while he spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me.
2: Your website that's at Chris James 4.com. You can purchase the unplugged CD, unplugged Tenderly, that's available for $12. But to get your autographed copy, it's for $16. But also, while you're there, be sure to purchase the new book, his memoir, Music Saved My Life from Darkness into the Light, my life as a Seventy. So and R.B. Singer. It is there. You can also get an autographed copy of that, and also you can purchase it at Amazon.com. Brother James, it has definitely been a pleasure. Man, long overdue pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> I, hey, I want,
1: to, I, I want to say it's ChrisJames-Natural4.com. Oh, okay,
2: okay ChrisJames-Natural4.com. natural, four dot com. Dot com. natural four dot com. Um, hey, I have my copy. I had to go to Amazon and get my copy. <laughs> but I, I want my autographed, so I'm, I'm giving you a heads up. <laughs> a I got you.
1: <laughs> I, uh, where are you located? Where are you located? In,
2: in Houston, Texas.
1: Oh, you're not far as far as I got my guitar player lives here. Okay. Houston, uh, if you get a hold of uh, 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 Makita.
2: Okay, okay.
1: I'll get, you, I'll get you a signed copy, brother.
2: Oh and Thank man, you, uh,
1: thank you so much. Oh no, it was a pleasure. Do
2: you have any any, any as far as upcoming dates? Because I know we would love to come see you perform live.
1: Here in, in, right now, uh, we don't have anything until February. I'm actually in California to fundraise for the John Lee Hooker Foundation. And, okay. uh But out in, in this area, because we li- I live in Georgia now. Um, we're, we're going to hook up because the Ken and I are planning on doing some shows, so we're going to hook up, and, let, and you'll be one of the first people uh, that we let know what's going on, okay? Because I'd definitely like to meet you in person.
2: Oh, man, the feeling is mutual. Whenever you want to come down, we would love to have you here in the studio and to all the promoters. I know you tune in and listen to the teddy bear. I know. It's all right. I got love yes, for sir. you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, Lord. Yes, sir. <laughs> let, your, let your first move be your best move. Get some substance. <laughs> Guaranteed, my brother. Thank you so
1: much for taking time time
2: for me. Absolutely. God bless. All right.
1: God bless you too, my friend. God bless you. All right.
2: That very talented Mr. Chris and James. And remember, family, the official website, chrisjames 4com Be sure to get there. Get the new book, his memoir, "Music Saved My Life from Darkness into the Light." My life as a 70s soul and R&B singer. And also, remember, you can get that autograph for $60. And also, yeah, get the new CD unplugged Tenderly, for $16 and $12. It's definitely a beautiful experience. But speaking of a beautiful experience, let's step back in time just a little bit. Is that okay with you? Is it okay if we get in Doctor Who's time machine and go back to a much, not simpler time, but a much soulful time. Natural 4. Can this be real? Lord have mercy. Here in the zone of L-O-T-O radio. (laughs) Lord have mercy. (laughs)
0: Might as well give
2: I You get it autographed, $16. So let your first move be your best move. It's definitely been a beautiful experience. Jolly St. Nick, less than 24 days away from making his way through the chimney, bringing all the tidings and chairs and many Christmas gifts. <laughs> oh, dear Santa, what I desire for Christmas. Give the teddy bear something on wax, something with some soul. Something with some feeling, something with some substance, with some Hill Street soul with smile, here in the zone of L.O.T.O. Radio. Of times I get caught up in the euphoria of doing interviews with particular artists that I revere, but and I want to apologize to all the listeners out there on my mistake. I kept, I don't know why I kept calling Chris his last name James. It's it's Chris Bell. So my apologies to all the listeners out there and all the many natural four lovers and Chris lovers out there. I sincerely apologize. It's Chris. Bell. So be sure to stop by Chris Bell's official website. That's at Chris natural 4com You can get the autographed book. That's for fifteen, I'm sorry, for sixteen dollars. And while you're there, you can also purchase his unplugged CDs called Unplugged Tenderly. You can also purchase that. You can get the regular copy, but you can also get an autographed copy of that also. And you can also go to Amazon.com to purchase the book. Again, Chris Bell, not James. See, when I hey, the teddy bear is human. He makes mistakes. So my, my sincere apologies to all the many listeners out there. I got caught up as Anita would say I got caught up in the rapture. Lord have mercy. <laughs> so once again, family, be sure to stop by Chris Bell. That's at Chris Bell bell natural 4com where you can purchase his new book, his memoir, Music Saved My Life, From Darkness Into the Light, My Life, as a 70s soul and R&B singer. I also want to send out a very special thank you, of course, to my program director, Ms. Tammy Wilson, and also the exceptional help, my goodness, and a captivating Makita Smith, thank you so much, Ron love, for putting this together. Remember, family, to get all the latest updates, let your fingers do the walking. Stop by the official website. That's at www.lotlthezone.com. Also, we're on Twitter at LOTO Radio. We're at Instagram also. It's at instagram.com forward slash lotl Radio, The Zone. And last but certainly not least. <laughs> Facebook, that's at facebook.com forward slash L-O-T-L radio, The Zone. It has been a wonderful week, a blessing to be back on the air. Look forward to speaking to you real soon again. He said, well, Teddy Bear, when are you going to be back on the air? Ah, that's why you have to go to the official website to get all the latest updates. Hey. <laughs> that's the best way to find out. I got to keep, got to keep you searching. That's what the internet is for. You got to find out what's going on. Okay. <laughs> but to all the many listeners and supporters out there, thank you so much for the Uber love that you have provided us. And uh, we are going to make it better in 2018. We've got a lot of wonderful things in store and all the artists out there who have been on. Thank you so much. It has been a privilege and an honor To have you on the show and giving me and the zone an opportunity to showcase your music and letting you know that you do matter. Real music does matter, real musicianship still matters. It's definitely a beautiful and organic experience. And uh, speaking of that, we're going to close it down with Gary Taylor in search of Here in the Zone of L O T O Radio, and in the words of uh, the late, great Maurice White, always keep your head to the sky, Lord have mercy.
3: suffer from chronic CFED or can't focus energy drain? Try over-the-counter Vibrin. One tablet contains the same caffeine as a cup of coffee, but without the calories or coffee breath. Vibrant caffeine, not coffee. Taking Vibrant may result in a lack of drowsiness, improved productivity, and better cash flow from decreased coffee spending. Unexpected job promotions have been associated with Vibrant. Vibrin may decrease the urge to zone out, doze off, or exhibit signs of slacking. All jokes aside, always read the label, take only as directed, and limit caffeine as it may cause real side effects. Not for children under age 12. Do you suffer from chronic CFED or can't-focus energy drain? Try over-the-counter Vibrin. One tablet contains the same caffeine as a cup of coffee, but without the calories or coffee breath. Vibrin. Caffeine, not coffee. Taking Vibrin may result in a lack of drowsiness, improved productivity, and better cash flow from decreased coffee spending. Unexpected job promotions have been associated with Vibrin. Vibrin may decrease the urge to zone out, doze off, or exhibit signs of slacking. All jokes aside, always read the label, take only as directed, and limit caffeine as it may cause real side effects. Not for children under age 12.